SEO Rockstars starts now only on Cranberry Radio. Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rockstars. All right, everyone. Welcome back. We've been on a couple-week hiatus. It is July 12, 2016, and we're happy to have you live with us or listening to us on Cranberry.fm or iHeartRadio or iTunes. This is Chris Boggs. I'm the founder of Web Traffic Advisors, and I'm joined by Frank Watson, who has curated some outstanding content. Greetings, Frank. How's it going, Matt? Uh, coming to you live from Brooklyn at the new position at Ultima, North America. Outstanding. Raw, raw, rock stars <laughs> with a job. It's always good to have one of the rock stars have a day job because then they can afford to pay for the band to travel, right? Exactly. Or to travel at least and have fun today. while we're traveling, if I know you, Frank. Precisely. Well, so let's get right into our content. We got from Search Engine Land today, what's new in structured data? Recently, at uh, I believe at SMX Advanced, there was a structured data panel in regards to structured data and its markup in many forms and some pretty cool new stuff. So Eric Eng on July 8th at Search Engine Land wrote a nice write-up on this. And there's you know a few themes I think that we've been already hitting this year in terms of speed and and the opportunity to leverage schema with other site improvements, such as, you know, the rapidity at which your content loads. Frank, what were your highlights from this the, article? The big takeaway from this, I mean, obviously schema we've been talking about for quite a while and the AMP pages, but something that I hadn't played with yet, but I intend to now that I've read this, is the new stuff that's going on at Facebook. Apparently the uh, Facebook instant articles if you, uh, if you start putting stuff up there, even though it's being distributed by Facebook, you can actually have like Influence a, an AdSense organic reach by speed. Yeah, I mean, one, you rank well in it. There's good speed to it. But by putting your content into Facebook instant articles, you Google, uh, rather, Facebook will place advertising around the content and you get a share of it. So it's almost like their answer to AdSense which is something people should be checking out because that, that was something I wasn't aware of. And uh, Facebook's only taking 30% of the revenue. So obviously, you know, as SEOs in 2016, we need to be very cognizant of what's going on in paid search and paid social media, as well as, you know, certain other platforms like this. Do you think that there's a tie back here or is there a potential value also from an SEO perspective if you get ex increased exposure then on the Facebook side could that lead to what you know oh, has yeah, been in the absolutely. past shown to prove additional links even though just a few uh, a few here and there are always helpful I think you know one we've got to check this stuff out to see if it increases the reach of your content uh, you're still going to be able to place links in the content to your pages or to you know whatever it is that you're promoting in those articles so i mean it's a whole nother area where um 
you know, it, obviously the benefit of the ad, you know, that the revenue is fine. But if Facebook is making money from this, you've got to think that they're going to promote it. And the percentage of, of it appearing in the news feed may be a little bit higher than the 2 or 3% that's been going on recently. Yeah. And there's a couple of great uh, illustrations in this article, again, in Search Engine Land in regards to how certain elements like uh, the Facebook instant articles, the reach, you know, and, and how it increases. Another interesting section of this article is in regards to the rich results and cards that are now sort of available to us and a few of the ways that even now within AMP, there's the ability to edit or influence the way that a rich card would show up on mobile. So this is a great article. There's a whole lot of content in here. Frank, do you want to hit anything else on this one or should we move yeah, along? No, no, I like were, the JSON were, stuff, by the way, too. That was a very good explanation, that slide of the difference between microdata and JSON-LD. It's very now clear to me what this means when I see yeah. JSON. So it was useful to me. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's definitely... You want to read it. You want to take some time with it. You want to follow through the links and see what's there. It's kudos to Eric and, you know, really giving a detailed coverage of what was presented at this session by a bunch of the different speakers. So. The last one I'll, I'll hit on to, just in case anyone's taking notes, is the global trade item number which is an interesting GS1 smart search standard that I would like to do a little bit more research on myself. So once again, good topic, Frank. Let's move along because we've got another kind of long-ish article to cover. That it's a nice, it's actually going to become part of the completely redone SEO guide at Search Engine Journal, according to the editor. But Brian Harnish has written A Beginner's Guide to Local SEO. And this is something that if there's ever a beginner's guide that needs to be constantly refreshed, <laughs> this topic yeah. is it, right? So, exactly. you know, really, really, we well, could be this pitching this really one right well now right and in out. six months be talking about a different one that has, you know, updated stuff. So it's very important. If you are listening to this podcast in, you know, the end of 2016 or in 2017, that uh, always remember that some of the stuff that we're covering could have been updated by then. So let's talk about this one, though, Brian, from Brian. Yeah, they, you know, I mean, it lays it out well. It, it, you know, talks about links and content and things like that. It has a very interesting quote from uh, John Mueller about the impact of, people filling out forms and not filling out forms and conversion on the impact of uh, search rankings, which, you know, is interesting that they're putting that one in, including that little quote in a local, which would be, I would have thought, may have been more, you know, geared towards e-commerce, but it does sort of give you a, a wake-up. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's an interesting thing about the competitive analysis section here, and... You know, to me, and this is going to touch on another article that we may actually cover next week, but just in regards to what's working right now within uh, the search results, it seems to be a little scattered. And I agree with this point that you can find out about the most important things they're doing to achieve organic results by doing local competition analysis. And then you can move forward, you know, realizing, oh, you know, I need some pages about this local landmark uh, or because it, it makes sense and it's relevant to my industry and it's ranking for it. Or sometimes what the competitive research will do, I've found, is, is kind of befuddle you in terms of how some sites are ranking with these pages that may have like uh, an entire 
you know, sitemap type page that has, you know, the same word repeated over and over for every town in that area. So there's a lot of stuff out there right now for local that seems to be working that's not really considered to be current best practice. And I think that that's something to keep in mind, too, when you're looking at this article. Yeah, and I think also, you know, Google smart enough to realize and, and all the search engines are smart enough to realize that there's, it, when you trying to write specifically for locations, you're going to have a certain amount of repetition. I wouldn't be surprised that they develop some sort of local canonical type tag, you know, similar to what they had to do for product descriptions and things like that that are very similar in e-commerce and hence the original creation of the canonical tag. You know, I think something's going to break out in that area because you've got it, you know, I mean, even people on a larger scale that own franchises in a lot of, you know, one particular county, you know, how much difference can you write about each franchise apart from the fact that it's in a different city or a different neighborhood? Yes. And, you know, that's and that's going to help to increase your relevance for the neighborhoods and stuff like that. One thing that I'm very surprised, I mean, this is a pretty long article, and I haven't seen, as I've scrolled down, uh, any mention of Google My Business. And, and to me, you know, if there's something like the, the Google Search Console of local SEO, it's making sure that you have the Google My Business set up properly, right? And that in itself will help you to rank locally, first of all, and I can say that based on, on what I've seen directly as a result of implementing it. So, but secondly, it, you know, especially if you have multiple results in there, which can happen for a lot of businesses based on, you know, Google having an old result in there that they'd gotten from Axiom or InfoUSA or something like that. So there's a lot uh, to me. I think one thing that I'm missing, and maybe I just didn't see it in my scroll. No, I, is I, that I, I didn't see it either. And I've, and I've read the whole thing. It's, yeah, one thing that I was going to bring up as well, they, they completely missed that element. And maybe it's just something that is coming in for the next round. But, yeah, you would True. Think- there might be a whole paragraph or uh, this is going to become an SEO guide or something over at the SCJ. But, good, I'm glad you saw that as well as a missing piece because if, if you're not doing that, it's like not having Search Console set up, I think, so... Anything else to cover on this one, Frank, or otherwise we're going to hit break and then come back with a bunch more topics to talk about? Yeah, no, no, no. I think, I think, again, like the previous one, it's something that you've got to sit down, read, and go through because it is a really good resource of information. So anyone that's doing local SEO should be reading this and at least checking off that they're covering the basics. Outstanding. We'll be right back with you. Stay with us here on SEO Rockstars on Cranberry.fm. You're listening to the SEO Rockstars exclusively on... You're listening to the SEO Rock. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. 
visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Content for your ears and everything in between. Cranberry.fm Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. All right. We are back, everyone. Thanks for staying with us. We've got a bunch of great topics here for the second section. Again, this is July 12, 2016, and we are covering next the SEM post, our good friend Jennifer Slegg. Uh, no Google ranking advantage to removing older content. Now, this was published uh, today, in fact, uh, this morning, and uh, there's been a trend by webmasters to remove older content because many feel it's a signal to Google that the site may not be of high quality. So people, especially maybe with large sites that are just getting into SEO and they go back and they look in their analytics and they see they got hit really hard by Panda or something, or you can just see that there's thin content, so maybe you'll want to get rid of it. So in Google Webmaster's office hours, as Jennifer covers, there was a question that came up would there be a potential ranking benefit from removing content older than two years old? So, Frank, as Jennifer has sort of translated what John Mueller says, there wouldn't be. But um, I'm curious as to your thoughts. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You, when you decide what you're going to do with older content, there is a value to certain evergreen that answers the question that doesn't change, that was quality answered two or three or four years ago. I mean, what, what is HTML hasn't changed since HTML was created virtually. And John actually says, okay, you're not going to, there's not a direct correlation to removing old content and helping with your rankings. But what he does point out, and this is one thing that I always bring up, is by parsing some of this crap that you may have back there that have, you know, that's been redirected three or four times to a, to a page and it's just sitting there, is it steals from your crawl. Because, you know, in case you're not aware of it, Google 
you have a crawl budget. They only come when they come and crawl through your site. That doesn't mean they crawl through every single part of your site every time. So by having this old content there, you could be using up part of your crawl budget and your newer content may not get indexed as quickly as what you're trying to get it in there. That is a great point, Frank. And it's one of those kind of underlying potential bad side effects uh, that maybe you know you're thinking at the big picture but a couple little tweaks here and there like that makes sense the other thing is that it does say I think even though he says there's no just removing old content doesn't automatically cause a ranking advantage quote he says earlier you know that if it's cold and crufty that you wrote it and you realize you need to kind of focus on quality then it's something where you either need to make the cut or say, well, I don't want to keep all this old content because it's not really all great, and blah, 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 right? So, and, my, and then he kind of suggested maybe you can improve it. So that's, I think, an entire separate question, right? So if you have like a, uh, a knowledge, and then this goes back to the QDF topic, query deserves freshness, and, and how they always use, you know, French onion soup as an example, I think, of a query that doesn't necessarily deserve freshness. So I guess if your page is a rock a type of rocket science that is always going to stay the same or a type of scientific process or whatever then and it's thin then why go back and update it you know there's a lot to think about here frank yeah you know i mean there's other things you can do to the content if it's all the content and you haven't added schema to certain parts of it that would work for that that you know like we were talking earlier about the rich cards and things like that there's ways of interacting with all content to make it a little more attractive to the search engines. But, you know, to just go in and take stuff out just for the sake of pulling it back, there are reasons to do it, but you've really got to have a look. You, you know, you want to first off go into your analytics and see if you're getting any traffic from it. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, if you're getting traffic, that means it's ranking for something and people are clicking through and, and you know, it's bringing you people. That's, that's the, true, the and that's what you know. I think that's what's mentioned is if it's good enough to send traffic to you from organic search, then it must be deemed good enough for some ranking, right? So, yep. anyway, we got a couple more, three more to hit here before the next break. So let's move along back to search engine land. Google test removes the estimated number of search results. So I think this is actually a pretty cool one from Barry Schwartz because it made me think. You know, why the hell would anyone other than SEOs or well, I mean, I guess the point is, is that, you know, the more refined of a search you do, the smaller that number gets. So maybe some people would benefit from knowing that there's about 71 million results from the site colon google.com. But, you know, now they're testing it without having that and just starting with the first result without saying how many there are. And it used to say, you know, page one of however many results, didn't it? And now it just says about however many results, Frank. Yeah, way back. And but now, yeah, it's about it gives you a rough estimate of how many results they've got in the index, and you never get to that many. When you hit about you know, the eighteen to twenty mark, oh, with the just, site colon, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's always going to be well, omitted. not even the site colon, just for a general search that gives you this is how many you know results they've got for that particular query. I mean, what that does is you know, as marketers, it gives you an idea of the competitiveness of that particular search term at least as far as Google has it, you know, they're giving a little bit. Maybe they're pulling it back because they don't want us to know that information anymore, you know, how competitive a particular term is or, or how extensive or inextensive 
if that's the right use of the term, a particular mm -hmm. term has pages indexed for it. I always thought it was a bit of a misleading number, to tell you the truth, because if you're not versed in SEO and search and understand the difference between phrase match and exact match and using quotes, if you type in real estate Las Vegas or a hotel in Las Vegas or whatever, I mean, people don't understand that all the results that would just show up just for the word hotel are also included in that big number, right? So it always makes the number look pretty obtuse, and I think that it probably wouldn't make sense to get rid of it, frankly. So... We'll have to see if Google uh, actually keeps it gone. Yeah, uh, yeah gotta... this, this was this was seen on the sixth of July, and I haven't been able to replicate it. So, yeah, maybe it was just something someone forgot to turn a switch over at Google, and you now as soon as I realized, they hit it back on. Speaking of number of results and the length of keywords, uh, there's another good article by Ginny Marvin from June thirtieth that we missed while we were gone. What the heck is going on with Google Keyword Planner? And technical glitches, it's some interesting, uh, I think, coverage here in terms of what was going on. But I think what, what's actually the plan is, right, is that they do want to basically make it even more obfuscated, the actual num number of monthly searches. So that, you know, she was showing that the plural was treated the same, the plural was treated differently, cats and cats. SEO service, uh, yeah, there was SEO a whole service. bunch of things in the last two weeks that have gone on. One, you now need an AdWords account to be able to get access that's to been the on, That's planner. been forever. I, th I mean, for a long time at least. I haven't, unless I just didn't know the link, I was always going to log into an AdWords account to get to <laughs> Keyword Planner. Yeah, no, no, no. It was external. You could get it externally up until two or so weeks ago. Hmm. Oh, well. Luckily, I had access, or otherwise, I guess yeah. I would have found access externally. But... You know, it's interesting, and I think it's a good article because I also have found, especially in, you know, some not as modern industries or not as, you know, entrenched industries and more modern industries, that the ad group ideas tend to, when you get to the very end, there's a keywords like colon, then whatever the keyword that you're using. And then it's funny because you can find a lot of real gold in that one ad group that's usually like enlisted in the number 38 of 38 or something. So that's, you know, it's funny that there was an article written about how the planner seems to be getting a little bit different. This one's more focused around, you know, the plurals and so forth. And what else, Frank? Yeah, no, no, the counts and just the way that, like you had said earlier, the replication of exact match and you know how the close variance and things like that of what they're giving back in the way of count and interestingly there was also some problems there was an article that i couldn't find again that was talking about the discrepancy between numbers that you could see inside of adwords and your search console yeah. so there has been a quite a bit over the last few weeks where the numbers are starting to become difficult to claim as being very accurate to any particular level. Even in the Search Console impression data? Yeah, exactly. I'll have to take a look. Well, the point is, though, I think, as, as we should always remember, is that this is all going to be relative. And, you know, even like I think about 10 years ago, you know, I used to not want to even when I was providing keywords that I wanted to target for a particular page to a client, I would not include the any volumes, right? Whether it was average monthly, local or whatever, right? And the reason was is because all it would do is set false expectations. You know, I'd rather 
internally when I'm doing strategizing and trying to prioritize, I would personally, you know, I like to use it and, and I would use it in a relative sense though, rather than an absolute, right? And that's the way to me, it's still going to end up being useful, these kinds of tools, even if they take some of the fidelity away, because it still is going to be relative to other keyword phrases, right? Yeah. And, and you know, if you're going to and be targeting set the, I'm sorry, areas, one last thing to, that I want your comment on is set you can up an set ad group to, the to actual, a particular limiter and then use that. I'm sorry, I was talking over you. Yeah, it's okay. I'm used to it. So <laughs> what I was saying is you can set the actual region too, and that's yeah. useful, obviously, to get a better idea of, you know, if, whether more people search the singular or the plural or the abbreviation or not or an acronym. Let's cover one last topic before our next break, and that'll be Google cuts back on incentives for local guides. So we just covered a little bit on local before. There used to be a free terabyte of storage for two years after reaching level four Frank. Yeah, this is the the, and I'm actually a local guide, and I'm about three reviews away from hitting tier four. So I've got till the 21st of July to get them done. Basically, um, the local guides were what was originally the city experts, where okay. uh, you know you, it was Google's way of getting their users to do reviews. You know, like Yelp and Foursquare and all the other social location-based review things. And you know, it was right after they board Zagat that they started to really sort of concentrate on it and then about two years ago maybe a little more they started these city experts to to try and gauge people and find people that were willing to write decent quality reviews and one of the incentives that they were giving was a terabyte of, of storage space which is quite a bit so you have till july 21st nine days to go out and write up some reviews yeah, I mean, to get to level four, you've got to, you know, you've got to write 200 reviews. So that wow. may be a little bit of a task for anyone. But they are going to give you 100 gig, which, you know, is nice. Pretty cool. All right, yeah. listen, we'll be right back here on SEO Rockstar. Stay with us as we hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. 
Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio. It's, it's good for you. Really. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. All right, we're back, and it's for our third segment today. Frank, I like this. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Some questions seem dumb when you first hear them, but then they're actually not that dumb. So honestly, when I first saw the headline of this article, I was like, no Google penalty for not linking out to other sites. So somebody actually asked, I heard there's a penalty if I don't link out from my domain to different domain from any of my pages. Is that truth? Is not linking out from any of my page harmful? So to me, I almost wondered, you know, why uh, we're going to even talk about this. But actually, it's a good kind of spin into why is because people got fearful because of the outbound uh, link manual actions that happen. And so this is a great, I think, example of what happens to our industry because of uh, some big thing that happens, like the outbound, unnatural outbound link manual actions that then precipitates this flood or this wave at first. And then it, and then there's some, some you know, some additional flow of uh, lapping waves of stuff like this. Uh, that's, to me, that kind of question. But what do you think, Frank? Yeah, no, exactly. And the whole thing is, you know, that's what happens. There's a panic, you know, when Google was talking about this and then the same thing with the when we had the Penguin algorithm chop in for, you know, excessive use of particular anchor text. Uh, everyone, the reaction was to create, you know, wrap everything in no follow tags. And even that, you know, I mean. And that's put, what this, ha that's funny that you mentioned that. That's exactly what this is. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, that's what you're talking about, that. Uh, and that I mean, this is how, right, you know, which was not a great whole, idea either. The, the whole ridiculous part about this is the fact that Google itself, the whole algorithm works on links. You know, I mean, it was created back in the day, just, you know, like, and I, I use this as my example to a lot of different clients is Google created like a academic article. If you were to pick the hundred, a uh, hundred academic articles on a particular topic you would find two or three references in all of them. And what those show you are those are the, you know, the authoritative text on a particular topic. And that's the methodology that Google uses to rank, you know, initially uses in their ranking. So, I mean, for them to say that, you know, an outbound link doesn't have, you know, not having any, true, it wouldn't have any direct impact. It wouldn't have a negative impact. But by having some links... 
you know, by citing references to what is agreed to be an authoritative site within your niche. It adds some you know, what, it, it shows that you're, you know, aware of your industry and it adds to the quality of your stuff. It adds to expertise, authority, trustworthiness, right? And a little yeah. eat, uh, you could argue, for all three. So, by the way, this article was published today at the Sem Post uh, by Jennifer Slegg. And uh, it's an interesting, again, subject, and, and there's actually some great links in there to go back and see on some of the outbound link penalty stuff that happened as a brush-up to make sure that, uh, you know, learnings that have come out of that, not something that you're accidentally doing when you are talking about linking out, because I've long been a big proponent of, uh, and then you can probably find articles literally from 15 years ago from me, where I say that, you know, in some places, and it's the whole hub and spoke, you know, idea where if there are some pages that make sense that you link out to relevant information, and I think that that can, and in, in a way, transfer back uh, some relevance and authority by linking yeah. out to it. No, right? I, I that's agree a hard with you thing. there. And it's interesting because all these little you know, closing things are all about that. The next one from Search Engine Roundtable, Barry Schwartz, is in the same genre. It's short articles won't penalize your site. Think about the users. In other words, you know, again, John Mueller's asked, does the amount of content on a particular page... Uh, you know, if you have a lot of short content, will you be penalized? I mean, again, that's so silly because there are some pages, if you're answering a particular question, that don't need more than a couple of hundred words, if that, to answer that's what correct. that is. Yeah, and that might be what ends up getting your nice featured snippet, uh, you know, for a how-to or what-is type of search. Uh, I do like this article that you just referenced at Search Engine Roundtable that Barry published on July 11th, yesterday, 2016. You know, he what he cites at the end is, is very important as proof, kind of, that short content can work, as Barry is a great example, you know, with the Search Roundtable. In fact, I, I probably am still listed on there as an associate editor, and I haven't written there in years. Sorry, Barry. But maybe he took me down. But anyway, the point is, you know, he tested this and he recovered on, on Panda 2, right, with his yeah. – the, the point was that it's not about how short, tall, long, or detailed you are. As long as the content satisfies the user, Google should be satisfied too. And I think the search roundtable is a great example of that. Uh, and that's why the SEM post and even bigger sort of publications like the Search Engine Land and so forth – you know, they too can thrive even on shorter articles, even though a lot of search engine land articles are really long, right? But I think, you know, it proves that you can be a publisher and if you have meaningful content that people are consuming, whether or not it's, it's 100, 200, 300, 500, 800 words long or it includes an infographic or a video or not, it's all about the consumption of it and the way that it's resonating with your audience, right? And that's what has to be the, the ultimate goal. Yeah. No, exactly. It's about, you know, providing the quality for your users and, you know, the search engine roundtable stuff. Barry writes a lot of little small coverage of what's going on in our industry, similar to, you know, what we're covering type thing. But he, you know, any article that's out there, any comments that are made, you know, he's giving it to us. So that's about it. Yeah. So the last one that we're going to cover today is a bit of a technical one, uh, also from the search roundtable, also from yesterday, July 11. This avowal links file needs to be on canonical version for manual action. So if anyone 
is, you know, working on a manual action right now. Uh, you need to make sure the file submitted to the canonical is submitted to the canonical version of the domain with the manual action. So, and then what you can do is you can actually post the disavow file, which to me is two different things because we're talking about a reconsideration request and then a disavow file in the second part of the paragraph for properties. Sorry. What, did you read this one, Frank? I hadn't read the yeah. whole thing. And I mean, I and, and George has given us the wind-up. But basically, this one says that, one, you can either list all your variations, you know, whether it's the www or the HTTPS or the HTTPS without, you know, any of the places that you've got listed in your search Google Search Console, you can list all of the requests for uh, pull-down there, for manual action when you're about the getting a reconsideration. And, but yeah. if you're going to just do the one, you want to do the one that the canonical is pointing to. Yeah. And to be so. clear, though, that it's not just the disavow file that is part of the reconsideration process. And that's what I think is the semantic difficulty about this article. But it does say at the bottom, or at the, you know, the question and the answer are all about whether or not you submit disavow files on a single canonical version in Google Search Console or got it across. Yeah, you, you I mean, you, you submit a disavow file with links, but you want to make sure that you're, you're pointing, you know, you're saying that I want these disallowed to the canonical version of, of your site, yep. not to, you know, another one. And what, obviously what's happened is there's been a few cases where people have put it up maybe to the HTTP versus the HTTPS and they're wondering why they're not getting the manual uh, penalty lifted. Yeah. And they can actually be coming through 301s and 302s too from other domains that you own and are yeah. forwarding. But we don't have any more time. So on that note, Read the article. thank you for, for the great, great topics today. And we shall be back on hopefully next week on July 19th. So check us out at cranberry.fm. In the meantime, iHeartRadio, iTunes, thank you very much. SEO Rockstars, this is Chris Boggs, Frank Watson. Thanks, uh, have man. a great day. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. 
So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already 